Welcome back to the Wise Man's Page, the daily podcast where we read a page of the Wise Man's Sphere and then we talk about it. This is page 907. Of course, he said, nodding. You're a romantic. We walked in silence for a moment, turning a corner and strolling past a fountain. I was enamored with them as a child, Alvarin said at last, as if confessing something slightly embarrassing. Men and women with all the power of the church behind them. And that was at a time when all the power of a tour stood behind the church. He smiled. Brave, fierce, and answerable to no one save themselves and God. And other emir, I added. And ultimately the pontifex, he finished. I assume you've read his proclamation declaiming them. Yes. We came to a small arching bridge of wood and stone, then stopped at the top of the arch and looked out over the water, watching the swans maneuver slowly on the current. Do you know what I found when I was younger? The mayor asked. I shook my head. Once I'd grown too old for children's stories of the emir, I started wondering more specific things. How many emir were there? How many were gentry? How many horse could they put to field for an armed action? He turned slightly to gauge my reaction. I was in Felton at the time. They have an old Turin mendery where they keep church records for the whole of the northern feral. I looked through their books for two days. Do you know what I found? Nothing, I said. You didn't find anything. Alvarin turned to look at me. His expression held a carefully controlled surprise. I found the same thing at the university, I said. It seemed as if someone had removed information about the emir from the archives there. Not everything, of course, but there were scarce few solid details. I could see the mayor's own conclusions sparking to life behind his clever gray eyes. And who would do such a thing? He prompted. Who would have better reason than the emir themselves, I said. Which means they are still around somewhere. Thus your question. Alvarin started walking again slower than before. Where are the emir? We left the bridge and began to walk the path around the pond, the mayor's face full of serious thought. Would you believe I had the same thought after searching in the mendery? He asked me. I thought the emir might have avoided being brought to trial, gone into hiding. I thought there might even be emir in the world after all this while, acting in secret for the greater good. That's the page. I'm Nick. I'm Jordana. I'm Jeremy. This feels like a hinge point to me. I think that Quoth is uh, perhaps unknowingly sparking something by reminding the mayor about this. Because Quoth doesn't really have a ton of agency. He's, you know, he's one little guy, one clever little guy ruffling through books, but the mayor can put the weight of of a tour behind him uh in searching to in searching for the emir who clearly don't want to be found this could actually be a really bad deal for for someone if the mayor decides that he wants to uncover the emir uh this could really spiral out into something else yeah, that's a good point because this is both an interesting personal hinge point for their relationship because they find out that they're both nerds about the same thing. It is always nice to find a fellow nerd in the wild. Exactly, exactly. But as you point out, Nick, the mayor has so much political power that he could really like shake the the emir's tree and like inadvertently maybe even like lead the emir to know that Quoth is digging around after them, which like I don't think that they know yet. Or if they do, he's too much of a gnat to, to bother them. Yeah, yeah, he's he's small fry. I think we can also learn something about the the mayor's character. It's not it's nothing new, but like the mayor as a child was excited about uh, having all the power of the church, with the church being more powerful than the throne at the time, and being answerable to no one save themselves and God. And this is like a young man who is basically the most powerful guy in the gentry looking save, for more power say perhaps the king yeah who's still feeling like oh if only i had the power of the emir wouldn't that be so wonderful and romantic and then as he's getting older and as he's starting to actually think about it in terms of like logistics and actually bringing power to bear like 
how many horse can they put to bear in the field? Like that's an exercise of real power. He's actually starting to think of it in those terms. And what are like the details, like the grubby details of the Amir that would make them more than legend and historical? And that's what is not able, like that's what no one can discover at this point, right? Exactly, exactly. And so young man, uh, young man Alvaron could sort of justify it like, well, I couldn't find anything and now I have to go and, and rule. So I'll just sort of, it's a childish fancy, whatever. But now Kvothe has come back and said, I independently on the other side of the world in a different place, in the, the university archive, supposed to be the best source of knowledge. I also found the same thing. I think this really is going to rekindle something in, in the mare. It definitely feels like this is the beginning of Quoth's next project. <laughs> Quoth's next project. Yeah, like, okay, so Quoth is there. He's theoretically working for the mayor. The mayor has this interest, same as Quoth. The mayor will see that and then just be like, you know what? Why don't you find out the, the like, you, you're, you have an interest in this. So go find the answers to this mystery for me so I can gain more power by being like the Amir because you're going to find all the information for me. Well, perhaps that's what we, the audience are meant to think is coming but of course both steps in it in the coming chapters well yeah well you know before he steps in it maybe that was something the mayor could have done mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah what else do you make of this page jordana i did have things i swear oh it was okay so we always go back and forth on whether or not the mayor is like he's like is he a good guy is he a bad guy is he like what kind of guy is he and on this page i very much feel like they have that uh like when you have a colleague at work and like, you're not friends, but you respect each other's opinions kind of thing. And I feel like this is like a, like a, that kind of moment Hmm. where you're like, okay, so like we're on different levels. Maybe we're not friends, but like we get it. I think the mayor is too savvy not to respect the opinion of someone who's proven himself so often, but I don't think they, he thinks of Quoth as a friend. No, he's an employee. Yeah. Yeah. An underlying subject. Hence it being a like, you know, Friends are not the same as work friends. Like work friends aren't real. Yeah, but work friends are also aren't the same as your inferior. Oh, yeah, the person who you boss around and And you have power. It's not just your. It's not just boss employee. It's uh, it's serf and owner. It's it's royalty and bootlicking peasant. Like that's that's the difference here. Mm -hmm. It's God manifest in flesh and uh, grub who tills in the earth. Mm -hmm. Horny handed son of toil who like and like Quoth is like you know, a an unusually clever peasant. He's almost a real person, but he's not. He's a peasant. Oh, okay. You know, that's yeah, the, I think I, that's the attitude that the mayor, even if the mayor... I had a much more optimistic view on this before uh, th- this. Well, and I think we're meant to because sometimes the mayor can be, like, kind and generous um, and, like, kind of magnanimous. Yeah, and, like, gregarious. And, and I, I'm fond of saying I thought of him as, like, an uncle figure mm-hmm. in my first couple of reads. And I don't think the mayor is conscious of the patriarchal attitude he has towards people who are his social inferiors, but that's the mark of good breeding that you don't let it show how much better you are than everybody else. Yeah, and constantly. that's that to me, that's what makes him so interesting is that he's totally, he's not like a conniving noble. Who's like, ah, yes, the inferiors think they are, they are up jump. He's like completely not, it's not in his worldview. He doesn't think about it at all. Mm-hmm. And that is what's so insidious and interesting about it to me is that he's not like, a malicious guy who's fighting to keep the underclassmen down lest they get ideas. It's like completely un and like that ultimately not to bring this back to a metaphor for contemporary capitalism, but that is the deepest issue at play in class dynamics is that the 1% to use the colloquial term truly don't think of like, cannot think of and cannot understand the plight of the, the lowest class of people in the world, not because they don't 
want to. Often they think they do. That's that's mm-hmm. liberalism. Mm-hmm. If they think they understand, they think they are like magnanimously offering a hand down, but they cannot actually understand the the needs and the life of the people who who they are exploiting. And like ideologically, the they can't uh they can't countenance, they can't allow into their worldview the kinds of changes it would actually take to make the lives of everybody else better because that would necessarily make their lives marginally less good. Mm. Right. And I think there's two kinds of like, Nick, you're right. There's two kinds of like rich guy, right? There's to use another kind of framing. There's like old money and new money. And the mayor is old money. And when you're old money, you're so rich and powerful and you have been for so long that you don't even think about how rich and powerful you are. Like, you know, it, it doesn't enter your worldview and you don't feel like you have to like prove it, which is why I think like we talked earlier about how the rare, how, on the previous pages, the mayor kind of does this like passive aggressive bullying of Quoth by making him wait for three days. And then when he shows up, it's like, oh, Quoth, I'm so glad you could fit it into your schedule. And like, we were kind of saying like, I don't even know if the mayor knows that he's doing that, right? That he doesn't, he doesn't know he's being passive aggressive. He's just like, this is how you behave, you know? Now, another thing I wanted to bring up. Well, hang on, you didn't talk about the, the new money. Well, new money are striving social climbers who have maybe been rich for two or, you know, one or two generations. Yes, yes, up-jumped and, merchants. And are, exactly. And are scared of, of losing it, probably. Well, yes, and they're also deeply insecure about how they're new money, right? So they have to prove it. Like, the Trumps are new money. They paint everything in gold. They have to show off how rich they are, blah, blah, blah. You know, the Kennedys are old money. You don't hear about, like, the Kennedys having, like, a gold-plated toilet because, and, like, the Kennedys were new money in the 60s because Joe Kennedy got rich in the 30s, right? But like, you know, I mean, and even in America, basically all American money is ultimately new money when you compare them to like European aristocrats. But like, you know, uh, the Rockefellers are old money, right? The Rockefellers and like the the Carnegies who are still around, who have like buildings named after them all. I was going to say, I didn't know those were, I, I assumed that at some point there was someone with those last names, but I honestly, the only reason I know those words is because they're buildings. Well, exactly. And like... <laughs> When you're that old money, it doesn't matter to you, right? You know, you don't hear about the Rockefellers in the news anymore. Yeah, they don't need to be in the news. That right? They're, they're just yeah. sitting there. Quietly in, counting their money. In gigantic mansions yeah. on the East Coast. Well, and once you get to a certain point, you don't need to make money anymore. Your money makes money. Yeah. All by itself. By itself, right? Yes. Yeah. That is yeah. the dream. Um, Indeed. But, but of course, if we were to offer uh, an actual systemic change to, to those who do not have such privilege, why... We would have to uh, give up some of the systems by which our money passively makes money for itself. Mm-hmm. Um, so changing tack a little bit, I, I can't remember if I've brought this up before in our previous discussions about the Emir, but the way the mayor summarizes them here is really reminiscent of the Templars, the Knights Templar, who started out as like basically a bunch of guys with nothing to do after the First Crusade who ended up bodyguarding pilgrims. Christian pilgrims coming to the Holy Land and ended up as an incredibly powerful and basically unaccountable military and financial power who were like, you know, crowning kings and like taking out huge loans. Like they, they bailed out the kingdom of France in the second crusade. They had that much money that they could basically float like the, the French king. Um, so they had incredible wealth and power. And ultimately, you know, a couple hundred years after that, the later French king, arranged to have them annihilated because he saw them as a political threat and he could score points off of them. And then 
all these kind of stories after they were like very dramatically like, you know, executed by the state and their order was dissolved and all their kind of financial dealings wound up. There were all these rumors that persisted into modernity about how the Templars, you know, didn't really go extinct. They're still out there somewhere and they are like, you know, arranging secret conspiracies and they have the true, the true grail that holds the blood of Christ, blah, 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 which is all horseshit, obviously. But it like, I do think that, especially given the, like the Da Vinci code came out, you know, in 2006 ish. And this book came out in 2012. Like I do think that that is definitely an inspiration for Rothfuss here. Certainly. And I would hazard to say that the trope is not as played out now because since this book came out, we have like Assassin's Creed uh, and we have uh, in National Treasure, uh, the Tomb Raider movie. <laughs> Are the Templars also involved in National Treasure? National Treasure is not bad. And I, I can't remember, but it's that it's that it's that it's energy. It's more right? Illuminati than it is. Yeah, which Templars. is a different thing. Yeah. But they, they have a similar feel. There's something like connected there yeah and they usually get mentioned in the same breath in pop culture what i mean to say is that i think now we can look back and go yeah this is pretty clearly inspired by the real world legend of the knights templar at the time maybe it was a bit more new and fresh i'm not saying it's not new and fresh like you pointing it out to me here i'm like oh yeah yeah, that makes sense but i'm not i'm not bothered by that no nor am i and i think it's like this it's not even like the secret society aspect that i'm interested in more so like the specific historical detail of like there are religious and military order who basically are exempt from normal law and are only answerable to the Pope, which is exactly what the Templars were, you know? And like, that's what the Emir are, right? Like the only person who could tell them what to do is other Emir or like the Pope essentially, uh, which if you are a secular King in a medieval society and there's an organization that has that kind of power, like that's not great for you. You don't want a bunch of guys who think they're acting for the greater good, you know, with, ha- with blood up to their wrists running around your kingdom. Yeah, yeah. yeah. In history, and I, I feel in this book as well, kings aren't that powerful. It really depends where you are. Yeah, yeah. Like but, the English king after Magna Carta, less powerful. The uh, Holy Roman Emperor, not very powerful at all. The king of Egypt in, you know, 2000 BC, absolutely powerful. <laughs> I feel like where this book is sitting uh, in the historical equivalence mm. is around... The like you said, post Magna Carta, like yeah, we have but like even of- but in like different medieval kingdoms, what I'm saying is like the way the government was arranged gave the king more or less power. Like right. the king of France is way more powerful in France than the Holy Roman Emperor was in the Holy Roman Empire, for example. Sure, sure. Uh, oh no, I had I was going somewhere with that, but it's gone. You can go oh, there right. tomorrow. No, oh. I do remember what I was going to say, and it's that uh, in addition to being interested in the realities of stories and i think in this book the realities of like what it means to wield power on a day-to-day basis i would expect that rothfuss is interested in the realities of running and maintaining a secret society we like to think about them like wearing robes and meeting in grand cathedrals but i think in it's closer to how uh i just finished reading babel so it's similar to how hermes functions in babel where it's a sort of like dudes in basements like passing letters to one another mm. and you know printing leaflets and things like that absolutely terrified that at any minute you'll be caught because keeping a secret is really really hard and like that's why most conspiracy theories you know if you think about them for too long they obviously fall on their face because like do you really think that the american government with all of its incompetencies and bungles and screw-ups 
and like the conspiracies that we know have happened, do you really think that they have it in them to actually be masterminding replacing celebrities with clones? And yeah, shit have you like ever that? been part of a project? Like <laughs> that, that alone should be enough to disprove any conspiracy theory. Exactly. Like anyway, yes, agreed. <laughs> yeah. Agreed. So I when wouldn't... people try to work together, sometimes things go wrong. Yeah, exactly. You know, they invariably go wrong. And can you imagine, like, you know, the like, oh, yeah, we melted the the steel beams of the World Trade Center. Like, just trying to ship a website <laughs> is hard enough. Yeah, like, managing a project, and then on top of managing that project, getting everyone to keep their mouths shut Yeah, to keep it, it secret for 20 years. Like, yeah, no. Insane. Absolutely, absolutely insane. insane to believe but, that. While I'm, what I'm getting at here is that in the same way that I suspect that the Chandrian don't, like, live in a castle in the clouds and like, you know, cast great Pauls. I think that they sort of scrape by and come together occasionally when summoned by Haliax and sort of like have to live and, and exist day to day. I bet you that the reality of the Amir is far more mundane as well. I bet you they are still around in some form, but I don't think it's going to be in the way that Quoth and the mayor imagine. I think it's going to be far more in the way of like, like in you know, it, if anything, it's someone you know, it's well situated people corresponding in some way, like Lauren, and just sort of putting their thumbs on the scales of history. But even even more interesting to me would be the idea that it's like like peasants, like or not peasants, but like I don't know the the, the mundanity of it mm-hmm. of actually maintaining a secret society, whatever form that takes. I bet you that's something Rothfuss is interested in, and that's something I'd be interested in seeing in book three. Mm. Jordana, any thoughts? I think I'm good. All right. Said my things. All right. We do have some letters, but they're in my phone, which is in the other room. So we'll read it's letters. Also, it's already like a 20 minute episode almost. So let's, let's cut it here. So <laughs> suck it listeners. We're not reading your letters until at least tomorrow's page. Um, the wind. wind.